This isn't just beer. This is beer longing. Every month we're talking about beer, beer culture, our adventures and discussing the topics that are reverberating around the beer community. This is Belonging. I'm Steve and as always I'm joined by my co-hosts Mark and Rob. Welcome and Happy New Year gentlemen. Happy New Year guys. Happy New Year. Hello Mark. Hello Steve. And Happy New Year to all of our listeners as well. Uh, we are back after a bit of a, well, not quite so long this time. We we, we, we dropped a, a cheeky little Christmas special in there, didn't we? We did. Oh, nobody, it was good. Nobody <laughs> saw that coming, did they? <laughs> just just the one person. Just, <laughs> you know who you are, Pete. Um, <laughs> you knew it was coming. I think everyone else did as well, let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it, was fun. Yeah. it was a lot of fun, though. It was, it was a lot of fun making out that it wasn't going to happen. That's yeah. that that that's for sure. Um, it was a lot of fun talking about other stuff as well. I'm starting to think we should yeah. do a beer podcast. Yeah, and I, maybe just rant about the world instead. So. Half an hour talking about films. I enjoyed that bit. That was good. <laughs> I very much enjoyed the film chat. Actually, uh, yeah. maybe we should do a spin-off series where we watch films and <laughs> hashtag yeah. beer longing on film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could, <laughs> that that could work, couldn't it? Uh, yeah. I, tr- I trust you're both well and and had a good Christmas. Yeah, it was uh, after an extremely hectic December. It was nice to really not do a lot, and like I, I, I hardly even drank any beer because I just couldn't be bothered. You know what? I got to that point as 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 well, which I, I think some people might have noticed. I I dipped out halfway through the twelve beers of Christmas again because I just couldn't be bothered anymore. I think- I think I'm a cocktail guy now. I just people kept buying me bottles of rum, so I'm just drinking dark and stormy it's all, all all Christmas. Come coming soon, our new podcast about cocktails. Except it'll be really it'll, be, it'll literally be so dull because it'll just be me drinking rum and ginger beer, and and me and Mark probably drinking espresso martinis as well. <laughs> oh yes. Well, I mean to be fair, both Christmas Day and Boxing Day, I started like a what I'm drinking thread, thinking it was going to be epic, and um, they both ended after three drinks because I was like, oh, I just can't be bothered anymore. I don't want to drink anything I, more. So. I don't think anybody's Christmas thread could have been as epic as um, which would John who did about <laughs> fourteen beers yeah. on, on Christmas Day. I was thinking mine was going to be as impressive as that, and yeah. it didn't. It just ended with a Guinness. So I I knew that mine wasn't going to be a lot because I had two Christmas dinners on Christmas Day, so I didn't. Good have effort. Well, yeah. it's like with, with with the grandparents now they got their um various problems. So it is it is basically me and my mum cooking a Christmas dinner at one house and then another Christmas dinner at the other house. And life's different when you're eight foot three. And, and I said if I'm gonna be in this kitchen, I'm eating twice. <laughs> <laughs> if I've got to watch two dinners be cooked, I'm damn well gonna eat them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it sounds like we've all had a great time and hopefully we've all recovered and we're we're ready to go again. Uh, and we are going to get straight into it this month with the beers that we've sent to each other. From the shelves, from 
shells, from the shells. I think I'm going to go first. This, you haven't this, done that yet, time. have you? I, I haven't. No, because oh. I'm really excited to to, to try this beer. Um, Rob, you sent me uh, the, the, this beer. It's in. Uh, well, no, you, you tell me about it rather than than, than me sit here and tell you tell, tell you all about the beer that you sent me. I'll tell you what it tastes like. Well, it's from um, Attic Broco, and to be honest, I've not even tried it, but it just sounded like a fairly sensible stout that I thought you would enjoy. Can you remind me what it's called? Because I can't remember. It's called <laughs> um, Empty Cans Stout, uh, 6.4%. It's Attic and Protocol. Now, I, I, is that another brewery or is that a bar? Is that a pub? You know, I'm not even sure. <laughs> you mean you didn't even do your research on the beer that you sent me? Well, I did at the time, but I've had Christmas since then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a fair point, to be honest. I'm with Rob on this. I, I, was, I was even round the house of an impl- the, the salesperson for Attic, and, but yeah, no, sorry. And, and, and let me be clear, I'm backing up Rob here because I can't remember the first thing about the beer that I've sent Excellent. him. So. Yeah, well, I'm just going to hold this up to the camera so you guys can see it. Um, yeah. The listeners will be able to see a picture of this on, on, on Twitter. It's, it's a great little can. Um, oh, I it love it. Oh, shows like, it a, a like a cartoon pub. Um, one person sat at the bar, pool table darts, uh, man coming in with his dog. And it, it, it looks like Mona the most Lisa. idyllic place in the world. Oh, I've just remembered why I told you to drink that one, actually. It's because oh, the, last, the last time I was <laughs> at, at the brewery, I was only there for a very short period of time. And that was the next beer I wanted to drink. But then I had to move on. So I thought. When I was sending you something, I'd send it to you to you can, you can test it for me. Well, all I'm going to say uh, for a six point four percent straight up stout, and they do they do make a point on the yeah. can of saying there's no adjuncts or anything in it. It's just straight up stout. It is absolutely delicious. It's like really creamy chocolate, some coffee notes in there, and you know what? This is exactly the sort of thing I really wish they had had on at their bar when we visited on that day. Yeah, uh, it uh, would have been perfect. Yeah, I mean that that certainly more than than one of the other places that they went to. They did have a couple of dark things, but it was just kind of daft strength stuff like their barley wine, which I also sent you, and that was uh, a bit early in bit early in the the evening to be drinking that crazy beer wasn't it so it was but but no this is lovely thank you thank you Rob. It's, it's it's a it's a really tasty drop well and ne- i would absolutely recommend it if, if anyone yeah. sees this give it give it a try now you've done the research for me i think i'll try it myself <laughs> as as, <laughs> as you should as as you as you should right then since i made such a pig's ear of that and then uh mark says they also can't remember i will tell you what mark has sent me it is a it is a can from Mr. Donald Zoko, also known as Don Zoko Brewing Company. And it's a dead good stout. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's an oatmeal stout at 4.5% ABV. And it is described as black, tasty pint. So oh, it's more of the same sort of thing again, isn't it? So Have you, have you had it before, Rob? I haven't, but it looks right up my street. Well, to give a, a brief reason for it was that because of um various christmas postal reasons we we were all all fair with um the beer that i wanted to send to rob didn't get to me in time it actually got there literally an hour after i sent rob a beer i had to <laughs> make a quick decision on a different beer to send rob and i've just looked in my stash and thought 
there is a beer that he might well not have had, which I just thought was really, really tasty. Four and a half percent straight up stout. Well, oatmeal stout, as you say, but, you know, um, just full bodied, full of flavor. In my opinion, what do you think, Ron? Well, I'll tell you what, I think it says it on the cam, really. It is black, tasty, and the point. And it's <laughs> it, that's it's not bad, though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's it's an American point, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, it is. Uh, it is really just a straight up stout. It's lovely. It's four point five, and that's a uh, that's the sort of beer that is just asking me really nicely to drink three or four more of them. I would say. Yeah, they do t- two or three r- really good stouts of varying strength. So I've only, I, f- and... I think I've only had their lagers, you know, before. Yeah, which are, you know, great if you like lagers. Um, but, the yeah, the stouts are absolutely superb. I'll tell you what, though. It's another one to, um, if you haven't had it, just check out the can artwork because it's got a beautiful, like, uh, stained glass sort of thing going on that looks like just a, a delightful northern pub. Continue with the stout theme. Steve has sent me a 10% imperial stout aged in Woodford bourbon barrels. So um, I assume that on a recent trip to Leeds, you might have picked this up, Steve. Is that correct? I, I, I did pick it up when, when we were in Leeds on, on, on the Sunday. Um, we, we were in Brownhill and Co. And, and I was like, this this feels like the ideal opportunity to, to, to pick up Mark's beer for January. And I wanted something from, from a local brewery. And 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 that that Kirkstall one that you've got there just jumped straight out at me, and I was like, I'm sure he won't mind starting the show on a ten percent imperial style. <laughs> I, I like uh, the way that we didn't communicate. We never communicate what we're sending to each other at all for this segment, and we've all sent each other stouts for January. So um, and we I always yeah, we always record on a weeknight when we have work the next day, <laughs> which which makes absolute <laughs> sense. Yeah, but no, I, I I love that as well, Mark. That we've all sent each other um, uh, what what sounds like uh, around the table very delicious stouts to enjoy for, yeah. for our well, first beer. I think we've well, done, uh, we've done uh, very have well. You, have you tried this one, Steve, or have you sent it blind as well? I, no, no, I have. I um, I, I do make a point of whenever I'm sending uh one one of you chaps a a beer, I do buy one for myself as well to to try it, so I can I, I can give my thoughts on it. And I did try that one uh, at the weekend, and I thought it was um really really bold and like it's got a real warming finish to it. Oh, I mean, but, but it's it's kind of rich. I mean, it's got. It has got that oakiness, that um, oaky sweetness to it, which you get from bourbon anyway, Um, bourbon barrels rather, um, because I'm not an expert in the actual drink itself. And but it's really quite mellow as well. There's not much burn there at all. Ten percent. Again, it reminds me of what these beers kind of like fell out of favor for a lot of people big imperial stouts because they all started to taste a little bit the same a lot of people barrel aging but they're also all a bit rubbish and just like weren't well looked after they all had a bit of a burn to it whereas this is delicious really really good so yeah fantastic Excellent. And that actually 
segues really nicely into uh, an opportunity for us to talk about what we've been up to. It does. <laughs> uh, it does indeed. Those of you that listened to the the Christmas special got a little preview as to the hell that Rob's about to go through. Probably for the next forty to forty five minutes, I was as, as Mark and I re- recount our trip to Leeds. Um, I, I think I'm just going to start off with, with with that point, Mark. I know I know we did do do quite a few places while we were up there, but um, obviously one of the one one of the last places I, I think that we did together uh, at least was the um was the kirkstall pub the cardigan arms um, cardigan which, arms yeah i think i think fits into your category of it's just a pub it is just a pub but it's a fantastic pub um it's a, it's strange as well because I, I had been there about 15 years ago when i actually lived i want to say just up the road it's sort of up the road round a few corners but it's how it felt um and well, I was a student at the time, so it felt like a bit of a, a locals pub, which I was fine with, but my friends were not. So it was good to go back and find that it is a gorgeous pub, but it's Kirk's loaned now, and there was three swords on on cask, which was very good. I know a lot of people tried a lot of different things. I used to stuck on three swords, but that was a particular highlight of a. a a good, well, what was just one night for me? I know you had three nights in total, was it, Steve? So, uh, yeah, we did um, Friday night, Saturday night, and and we were there Sunday night as well. And I, I have to admit, by the uh, by, by the time we got to the end of Sunday evening, I was a little bit broken. Yeah, um... I can imagine. <laughs> but I mean, just a, a, a last word because Kirkstall have taken over a couple of places recently. Did, did they take over? Do they pick up? A, oh, Leeds Brewery. Yeah, mm-hmm, which um, they've just similar to the Kellam Island Thornbridge sort of deal um, that we mentioned in uh, the last episode. Um, Leeds Brewery uh, beers have been, or well, the the license to brew their beers, or the the brewery it's, the site itself has been picked up by Kirkstall. So they're going from strength to strength at the moment. Um, but they are, and I, I have to admit, I didn't realise that the brewery itself was quite close, so close to the centre of Leeds. Yeah, I suppose if you're not from the area, then you wouldn't know too much about Kirkstall and its abbey. And again, just in what close proximity is in, and it's got relations to Leeds Metropolitan University. Um, so it's a, it's a lot nearer than people think. It is one of those that if the if it was the reverse and the beers that Kirkstall make were called Leeds Brewery, then I think they'd be absolutely massive. So I think it's a a, a good move on their part to incorporate that. Mm. Anyway, back to the crypto <laughs> in Leeds. That that was one of one of my many highlights. But um, if you want to talk about some, no, no, you you, you you continue, Mark, and then um, well, I, they... I was going to say that. Um, uh, 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 I was gonna, there was a couple of things that I don't want to be too negative about, but the night before, it started on Friday night, I came up, met you guys halfway through, appeared 
like a phantom, as I always do. Yes, I just, I, I just came to. I didn't. I didn't ask where you were, Steve. I just found you. I just, just found walked, us in the alley outside White Locks. Just turned up at your shoulder, like I do. Here I am. Um, well, we went to a couple of places on the Friday, which were a little disappointing. Would you say? Um, and I mean the Brew York's bar in Leeds. I was not as enamoured with as I was the York version. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I I have to agree. Uh, I, there, there were a couple of things there. Uh, for me, I wonder if 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 one of one of the reasons for that was because it was empty. So it it kind of felt like there was there was no no life or soul to it. Yeah, um, very good point. Very good point. You know, uh, I've I've heard I haven't been, but I've certainly heard a few people say very much along those lines that it just lacks a bit of life and soul it's it's in a it's in a strange location because it's it's just up a little bit further on from the north bar and it it kind of sits halfway between the the north bar and the brew dog that's over that side of town um and uh, yeah i just when we when we went in there i mean it was fairly Oh, it was what nine, half nine ish, maybe on the Friday night. On a Friday so night, I would have thought it would it would have been busy, but where, where everywhere else in Leeds that we'd been was rammed. Yeah, so, and and there was know. just no one in. I think there were maybe two other people in there that, that were sort of sat on the, on the table December and, night as well. Don't forget, yeah, you know, work yeah. works dues, all all that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the other thing for me was also the the uh, that the beer range wasn't great it was uh it was most of the, the, the i mean it was most of brew york's core line uh which we all like but which, which we all like but i was maybe hoping for for, for something a, a bit more in there in fact i can't even remember what i drank in there i think i might have just stuck to like the the lupu lion is is it which is just kind of their five and a half percent parallel yeah. um so so yeah that was a, that was a bit of a strange one i think we literally we, we stayed for one didn't we and then we were like Mm, it's time for the North Bar. Yeah. Which would be my next point of, um, and I don't want to be ma- massively critical of the North Bar. I think if you're from a certain length of, I don't want to say age, I don't think age has got anything to do with it. It's the length of time drinking. The North Bar has a special place, but also very specific memories. And it is now a North Brewing co pub which makes absolute sense certainly from all kinds of business angles but if you're somebody that has a very long-term and long affection to the north bar is not really what you expected in it somebody said to me like oh have you been in the north bar since it had its big makeover and i said no i don't think so um and they were like, oh, you're in for a treat. And I went in and I was like, it looks exactly the freaking same. It looks exactly the freaking same until you look behind the bar. And that's where all the difference is. And that's where it looks like every single North Brew cold oh. bar, which potentially Rob is going to come to in his beer adventures, mm. I would think so. Um, it's it's now just says North Brew cold beers, which completely makes sense. But it was always that place that had... You, you you turn up in North Bar just thinking this is the end of the night. I'm having whatever yeah. Speedway Stout or something like along those lines would be on for twelve pound a third. Yeah, I and you'd be like, spend... I don't care now. I'll buy all my mates one. I, we're all having one of these. Uh, we're all having 
stupid beers out the fridge. We're doing this. We're in North Bar. It's freaking North Bar. Yeah. Whereas I'd, I'd always be spending sort of 15 quid on girls or something stupid mm-hmm. in there at that point. And yeah, if it's not, and, if it's not like that anymore, I'm very sad. No, but, it's now a place to start the night because you're going yeah. in there for a, a pint transmission or something. Well, like although that, you, right. you say that, Mark, but what did we end up drinking? Well, an, an 11% barrel aged Baltic porter. That, that is because James at Gammon Baron did uh, <laughs> find one for us, but it was from North. No, it was, it was a collaboration. It was a collaboration. It was Case, wasn't it? Uh, you know, you know what? I'm not even going to pretend. Yeah, I, I know they were involved. <laughs> oh, well, it might have been a collaboration. I, I actually thought it was their, their, their beer. But um, going back to what you were saying, I, I, I agree. I think, I, I think the North Bar has, um, while it's still a very good venue, it's lost that little spark that that used to make it into the destination bar that maybe it used to be. Um, and and I remember while, when, while we we're up there, I, I, I was talking to Emma about it, and she was like, "Well, why, why are we why, why are we going there? Because I think we went there again on the, the the Sunday." She was like, "Why are we going back if you if you wasn't that fussed by it on Friday night?" And I was like, well, "Because it's the North Bar, and it's it, it's it's got like a very uh, a, a very special place in." kind of craft beer in the UK in, in, in terms of, I think yeah. it's probably fair to say it was, it's, it was, it was one of so, the first craft beer bars, wasn't for it? For so many, cause there's people across the country from a certain time in craft beer, everybody had been there because the, I mean, it's there, there's a reason it's considered the original craft beer bar. There was a point where every people make pilgrim pilgrimages to Leeds just to go in North bar yeah. because it was so yeah. unique and one of a kind. <laughs> now I understand it can't be that now, but I, I suppose it was just a shock to the system to just be like, well, cause when you step back and think about it, it's like, well, of course it's this now and it makes complete sense. And I'm not criticizing any kind of business decision behind it. It was just because it was my first time back there since that had happened. I was like, Oh yeah, I kind of wish we'd started here and then moved on to something else. But because you build up to North Bar, mm, because yeah. you always did, for that to just be like, is this our end in the night? Yeah, oh, North oh. North Bar was always where anything could happen, and that's yeah. what I, that's what I loved about it. So I, I haven't been for a few years, so I'm I'm a bit sad to hear that. I, I mean, I wouldn't. I would still say to people, go, don't, don't not oh, go. Yeah, you, but it's you know, if you're in as, Leeds, give it a visit. But as and, you say, it's definitely it's still not, got more not, life than the other North Bruco bar, in, which is exactly the same as the Birmingham one and probably the Manchester one that's just well, opened. Judging by the pictures, exactly the freaking same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they opened yesterday at time of recording. Um, Pre, uh, was also mentioned on last month's pod. So, as much as uh, what we had a fantastic time because I was with good friends, and you know, but actually, the highlight of that Friday was going to the Templar Hotel for, <laughs> for, for you, pint, it might have been pint, pints of Wadsworth and things along and ta- pints of Wadsworth and cask tetlis. We had a great time again. Again, Mark, I just want to go to a pub. Yeah, I just like pubs, mate. I just yeah. just like pubs, yeah. So yeah. that that ended up being the highlight. Um, but the highlight of Leeds altogether. So to completely contradict that, and actually said it to Russ from Amity when we were there, I was like, "Your place, Russ, 
contradicts everything that I've just written in a post about <laughs> how I just like pubs because we met you on a Saturday at Amity Bruco's tap place in an old mill um, and it really is a fantastic setup, really, really gorgeous place um, and a place we could have spent the entire day there. I would have been happy. Um, I would have been very happy not leaving there. Uh, yeah. until until I had to. In Fantastic fact, we, people we, there. We we did consider um getting the bus back out there again on the Sunday. Um but when we eventually came round on Sunday morning I was like, nah, that's that there's no way I can do that bus journey again. Um because it, it nearly ruined me on Saturday. <laughs> uh, it, it, although I will say, shout out to the uh Don't to, put people to, off. Shout out to the lovely old Scottish lady that accompanied us on the bus ride from Leeds Town Centre. Um, she, oh, sorry, Leeds City Centre. People would get upset if I call it a town. Um, as as we were travelling out, she actually pointed out Kirkstall Abbey to us. And had she had she not been on the bus chatting to us, we would have completely missed that. So so we got to see a little bit of the historic part of of, of the outskirts of, of Leeds as well. But yeah, Amity, uh, what a place! What what a place for us as and, and the team have created there uh just such a such a place to such a nice place to spend a lovely afternoon with a group of people just drinking nice beer yeah it was really great of uh, clayton to make all that effort to come up as well. all the way up all yeah, the way clayton. up yeah no it's fantastic I, I mean i don't want to put people off it, it sounds like it's far it's not there's the trains to nearby uh station it's reasonable walking distance. I got a very reasonable Uber, which if I was sharing with another person or certainly two other people would have been even more reasonable. And you got a bus. So uh, bus, it, bus it, was it, about, I think it was about 50 minutes to an hour. Um, but again, I, it, I, I'm only, I'm only putting the bus ride down because I was feeling a little bit tender from the night before. From the night before. yeah. And, and, and the bus, the bus journey wasn't working for me. It really wasn't. So yeah, so so it's it's well worth a trip out and very accessible. Um, fantastic space, just big comfy sofas. Yeah, the the brewery's right next to the bar, but it doesn't feel cold or that you're interfering in some kind of workspace like some other places do. It feels just homely and warm, and just it it, it somehow it feels like you're in an old mill, which you are which it should do because that's where, where you are. So, you know, I, I can like, I do like tap room sometimes and that was a, an exceptional version of one. So, I think um, it's, a, it's a tap room done very well. And I'd, I'd very much like to uh, visit that in the summer as well and sit out on that veranda because I, I, I reckon, I reckon that gets the sun all day as, as well. You could just sit out there and literally watch the afternoon pass you by. Yep. But yeah, great, great, great venue. So, uh, that that was that was absolutely the highlight of the the, the trip to to Leeds for me as well. Was going to see Amity and do just want to thank Russ as well for the hospitality that he showed us while we were there, and and for um essentially letting a rather large group of us more or less take over his tap room for the afternoon. Um, I hope we weren't too disruptive to the other guests, uh, and we will be back again soon. Maybe not on mass like, like, like we was <laughs> then, but I certainly well, hopefully. will be back again soon because I I absolutely absolutely loved it. Um, anything else on Leeds that you want to mention, Mark? Uh, that was no. The only other thing I want to mention 
is will be coming up in an, an upcoming blog post, so you guys can wait for that. Oh. Okay. Uh, I will just add to that. I mean, I echo everything that you said so far. I pretty much agree with everything that you said as as well in terms of Brew York, the North Bar. Um, I do just want to give a shout out to, to Brown Hill & Co because I, I, I do love what Rich has created there in terms of it's kind of this Belgian beer cafe vibe where it's it's seating only, you're served at your table, there's beer menus, and it's it's just a great feel to it. And on, on, on that Friday evening, they were serving both um, St. Bernardus Christmas Owl and this it was last year's version of Still Knacked as Ooh. well. Um, so we we enjoyed a pour of, of of both of those as as you do. And and then I do just want to mention the Sunday night as well, because although I was struggling a little bit, we met up with um Gareth uh, at Barrel Age Leeds, who came out for a couple of beers with us. We we went into Head of Steam, um, and it was what I can only describe as the perfect balance of how to present a Sunday evening. So it was the Sunday night when I think England were playing in, in one of the World Cup games. Well, there was certainly a game on. So they had the football on the telly. There was no volume to, to the football on the telly. But then they had a live jazz band as well uh, at the same time. And, and that balance of the two things was perfect. because there was people in there that were there for the band. There, there were people there in there sitting watching the football. And there were people like us that were sat, sat between the two um, with, with sort of Gareth having one eye on the football and me having one eye on the, on, on, on the band. And then, then I think I had the moment where I realised why I've never taken Emma in there in, in, in our previous trips to, to Leeds. And that was because of all the Belgian taps that, that they have in there with their big fonts that are all designed to match the beer and she was like yeah we're not leaving until i've had at least one of each of those so <laughs> we we were in there for a while and, and that was just a really nice thing like i said the music was perfect um it was it was a great great little band that that, that were on um and then i think after that i think we probably called our little leads adventure to 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 a close after that but I had a great time Re- really enjoyed it and I just want to want to thank everybody who who did come uh, along and join us for beers at any point uh, over the weekend rob we're going to stop talking uh, about leads for a minute now to, to to let you jump in and 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 tell us what 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 you've been up to i've got a couple of other things that i want to mention but i think people are probably fed up with our voices and and, and want to hear from you mate oh well yep hello i'm i'm rob i i'm also a member of this podcast right that's uh, enough of you <laughs> steve tells me <laughs> Yeah, oh, to, to be fair, I certainly can't compete with your epic Leeds adventure. Uh, <laughs> December was just a bit of a mad month with, with work, so I didn't really make it out at all until, what day was Christmas Day? Is that the Saturday? 25th, 25th of December. December. Yeah, I know that. Well, anyway, not, 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 not the Friday before it, but the one before that, where people were in the, their brains had switched off for work, even if they still had to go to work the next week. Well, first of all, I thought, oh, I've been offered a gig to go and play at my favourite pub, The Fountain, which ended up not happening because um, most of the band weren't available. But then, because most of the band weren't available, then the ones that were available are also in another band, so they ended up playing anyway. So I went down to my favourite pub, The Fountain, to watch my mates in Fat Lip play, and uh, had a lovely time. I was uh, I was drinking... Um, Cloud Waters, I'm guessing it was their World Cup beer. It's called Coming Home, and it was a, a stout. 
and just drinking pints of that for, for less than four quid in my favourite pub in Warsaw, proper old school two-room boozer. And you know what? I, I forgot about the fact that I had to do another week's work while I was there, and it was lovely. The beer so, should have been discounted more, though, because it didn't come <laughs> out. So <laughs> That's true, yeah. That, that that was the most expensive cask beer on that was at £3.90. But yeah, I had a lovely night. That was my beery adventure. So yeah, uh, back to Leeds, I suppose. Oh no, no, yeah, I'm, so... I'm done with Leeds. <laughs> well, I could carry on if you want. Yeah, no, just... no tell, tell, thought, uh, thought... let's thought... talk some more, Steve. So anyway, <laughs> Banker's Cat, that's a great pub. Oh, isn't it just? Pints of Jaipur. Pints of Jaipur. Pints of Jaipur. Always. When Mr. Foley's as as well, we, we ended up in there when we came back from... Um, Amity and the Kirkstall pub on the on on the Saturday night. We ended up in there for a few as as, as well, and that's uh that was the first time I've been in there as as, as well. So that was a that was a great little visit too. Uh, what else should we talk about? Oh, Winter Vocation Assembly Underground. <laughs> some nice nice chips and a burger and, and some vocation beers. Uh, I think that pretty much sums up the whole of Leeds. Actually, I think we might have done it all there, mate. Rob, me and you do doing something next month. I'll I'll, I'll get a train <laughs> down to see you, pal. <laughs> uh, Mark, have you got anything else that you you've been up to that you want to mention other, other than Leeds? No, I was unable to because pubs were fucking shut on January the first. So absolute jokers. Well, uh, I think we've just about drained our glasses of the last beer while you two talked about uh, Leeds for forty five minutes. So. Uh, what are we drinking next? What's that in your glass, Steve? I am on. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're allowed to talk about. There's one of these breweries we might not be allowed to talk about anymore. Um, Stone. Uh, this is their 26th anniversary Imperial IPA. It's a triple dry hot Imperial IPA celebrating 26 years. Nine point seven percent um first found out about this i think towards the end of september that they were releasing it and it, it took some time to make its way over here but it, it did eventually come into the uk via james clay and then out to distributors and i picked this up from a place called beer sniffers uh got a few of them and let me tell you it is everything you want from a triple dry hot imperial ipa brewed by what used to be one of the hallmark uh, American craft breweries. Uh, they've lost none of their talent in, in in terms of what they put into a can. This is absolutely delicious, and it is as bitter as fuck. Um, it is properly drying me out just as I'm talking, just from that sip. So somebody else should probably talk about their, their beer because I'm almost running out of saliva here. Uh, well, I'm also drinking a kind of... Uh... Is it forbidden to talk about because it's another American brewery that's been uh, been bought out? Hang on, hang on. Did uh, did Stone get bought out? If I just imagined that. No, they they sold to. Yeah, so that's all right then. So they sold to someone evil. So I'm I am drinking the Goose Island IPA, which uh, they actually kindly sent us a couple of cans each. This and a and a tiny little half pint glass. But uh, yeah, it's kind of nostalgia for me because Goose Island IPA was one of the um, the first IPAs that I tried when I first went to the States of 2013. So I think I'd been in Boston for a few days. So I was just drinking Sam Adams. And then I got to New York and I went into just an Irish bar and was amazed that there was just so many taps of beers 
And then I think someone just suggested that I try this that this beer with the pump clip that was a, a goose's head. So yeah, it's big, 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 uh, big flavors for me. And what I'm thinking now is just tasting. It's got it's a bit of bitterness, but it's very sweet. And I don't know if I remember it always being so sweet. I think it's contract brewed in the UK now, is it? By probably by. I want to say, Carlsberg. I should know this really. I shouldn't really yeah, know. Yeah, we should owns. maybe look this up. I mean, yeah. I, I will say I had what, what, like Rob says, we all got sent it, and I had one of my cans, and yes, um, that sort of sweet but also slightly bitter um, finish is correct. And what, what in that style that. Like barbecue style, but people call it yeah, barbecue yeah. beers. Like if I was at a barbecue with friends, I would absolutely be thrilled to find that in the cooler and have ten cans of it. If I was, if I'd paid six pound a can from a brewery in the UK and was expecting something better, <laughs> then it's not that yeah. all that, and and it certainly isn't goose island ipa as i remember it when it was all brewed in the u.s so yeah it's 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 a nice beer it's not that special but like i've uh i'll always have a bit of a soft spot for goose island because of the aforementioned story and then the last time i went to the states 2019 i went to chicago so i, I made sure to go to the uh the original brew pub which i think they are letting go of actually and moving the operations from there to a, a new location which seems a bit of a shame since it was the uh, the original place but it's really cool to go in there and just drink bourbon county stout for just like a really sensible price compared to like what we're used to in this country where people used to like queue up at 7am mm. to get a bottle for stupid money it's, isn't it isn't it mad how um a, a brewery that is 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 now owned by um AB InBev I found out thanks to a recent post by Pete Brown that the listed who owns what great post by the way if if, if you haven't read that um but isn't it mad how how a brewery like Goose Island that are owned by AB InBev um still have a beer like Bourbon County Stout that is still so revered and sought after on 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 an annual basis I feel I feel find that a real anomaly in in kind of craft beer is 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 that we 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 don't like this brewery because they're owned by AB InBev, but we want to drink that beer. There seems to be a big difference between um, say the big craft breweries that have been bought out in the states compared to here. I mean, look at example for we've talked before about the the Lion Little World beverages and what they did to Four Pure and and to to Magic Rock, and they kind of just like suck the life and the soul out of them really but then you look at the same thing over in the states so they um they bought new belgium and as far as i know new belgium has very much just carried on doing everything they were doing in terms of the really cool things they're doing for the local community and uh environmental and that that sort of thing and the beers are still great and as far as i know the people i've met who work for them still work for them and it's all cool, except they're not employee-owned anymore. And then through that, they've I think now like um, Bell's Two Hearted, they've got a link with Lion and New Belgium now. So 
more people can drink that beer, and that is a damn good beer. So, but yeah, they they seem to have allowed these these breweries to just keep some of their heart and soul. Whereas in the UK, when someone's been bought out, it's generally just sucked the life out of them, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, there might be a reason about that bit about equipment or wh- whether the difference way that the marketed because mm. I, I think for certainly the first 48 months, I wouldn't say anybody felt any kind of pinch about Magic Rock or any difference. And, and certainly, as I've said numerous times on this, probably already said it on this podcast, certainly said it on Twitter and on my blog a lot that Magic Rock's beers core range improved for a bit. Even if their specials didn't, um, I just—I st- I know when it was. It was on one of the pre-recorded shows that we did that I didn't actually go out. That we should put out actually on Patreon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> about me talk about the, <laughs> talk about the Cannonball Run. That for a while, you know, Cannonball and Dark Arts, for example, tasted almost better than they ever did. And people like you know Rich and Stu were still employed by the company. The Magic Rock Tap in Huddersfield didn't feel any different. So for a number of years, you didn't feel the pinch. But then the difference in the UK is it always changed. Beaver Town was the same thing; didn't feel the pinch at first. Yeah. But there's they just sink after about that forty-eight, seventy-two month period um, is when they massively change in this country. I tell you, what, you can't move for Beaver Town now, but then you drink it and it's like just an absolute shadow of its former self. Yeah. And that's Cause not I, I mean, I, 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 I wrote a half a blog post about how the fact that it's like, how much do these things actually change? Brixton, who the f- has actually seen any Brixton brewery anywhere? Not, not, the, not at all. Over. But then I was in um, a Morrison's um, in Charlton near my friends, just picking up some quick cans to pick up to take, mm. take to his the other day. And in the, the four pack section, the two for ten pound four pack section, which was predominantly the Scottish brewery, there was a, a pack of Brixton IPA, and I was like, "Oh, there's Brixton. That's what they do now." Mm. And they have finally started appearing in those areas. So, for some reason, in this country, it takes an awful long time, but you do eventually feel the pinch, and then they just go down after that. Yeah. Anyway. So- <laughs> It's all about the money, isn't it, really? Yeah. The, the recipes start getting cheaper and the beers just aren't as good. Yeah. So, so Mark, which um, brewery that you shouldn't be drinking are you actually drinking right now, then? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I forgot that we've not got to me yet. Um, well, to be honest, there's a good chance that that is the case. I have absolutely no idea because I am drinking a beer from Panama. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, my friend that uh, currently, well, he actually lives in Colombia. He's recently been on holiday to Panama and he always looks out for a beer for me and brought me a beer back. And I said to him, wow. oh, I'll, I'll put it on the podcast. Um, <laughs> didn't actually think I'd get a chance to, but I have. It's called Balboa. Um, and he said they don't really have a craft beer. I, he, I mean, as I say, he lives in Colombia where... There is a craft beer scene emerging, but very, very slowly. And he's brought me a couple of beers back from Colombia on that scene. He said he tried the same thing in Panama. hadn't really worked, so he just brought me this. And from the very little research 
I've been able to do, I would say probably places in sort of the Bira Moretti range in this country, as in it's not Carlin or Foster's. It's, it's a premium. Uh, it's the premium, premium shit beer. Yeah. So <laughs> it's the good shit. Um, and I thought, you know what? Who's going to feature? We, we, I, I could have told you this was the best craft brewery in Panama. We, we wouldn't have known any better. Nobody would have um, ever known the, the slightest I, bit of difference. So it is just a big mass-produced sweet lager. But all, all I would say is that for me, it's not got a huge amount of carbonation in it, which you find in other countries. Mm. And I can't stand heavy carbonation in any beer whatsoever. I mean, for so their, I, their climate, that's probably spot on, isn't it, really? Yeah, and it's, it's got that... Um, it is that extra sweetness, which I actually find a bit more manageable in it. And then some people look for in certain sort of Heather's beers here, and I find it much more manageable in a lager. So it's actually really easy drinking. And after that Imperial start, I had to start off with, I can't actually <laughs> fault it. It's kind I of wish exactly I was in what you Panama. Want, isn't it? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Excellent. So, well, while why we enjoy these beers, let's talk about this month's topic. Reverberation. Reverberation. Reverberation, reverberation. It's reverberation. For this month's reverberations, we are going to be an absolute cliche because it's January. It's our first podcast of the year. We're going to do the whole what are we looking forward to in 2023? What do we think is going to happen in beer? What are some of our hopes, some of our predictions? Where do we see beer going this year? Now, I imagine we've all got our thoughts about this. Uh, so we're all going to, I suppose, pitch our ideas and then then have a little bit of a discussion uh, about where we go from there. So uh, sh- shall I shall I go first with, with what I, I, I think is going to happen? Do it. Do it, Steve. Okay, so I'm going to try and avoid the obvious negative of closures and there's going to be a lot more because even in this week of recording, we've seen another oh, two breweries it's go, been a, go, go this week. I think it's more than two. It's been really rough. Oh, is, is there more now? Yeah. I mean, and, and we're only in the first week of January as we call, yeah. we recalled now, obviously we spoke about that last month and I think we're probably going to be talking about that next month as well. Um, For the whole it, year, I, I think yeah. we're going to keep talking yeah. about it. So maybe let's not try to focus on that, but let's try to focus on some other things that we expect will happen. So, um, and I, I think I'm going to go for the obvious thing here. I think there's going to be um, a thing about there's going to be more good lager and it's not going to happen. And then I think there's going to be a thing about, oh, well, we're finally going to get kind of a, a, a new English IPA and it's not going to happen. And, and what we're going to see is just more IPAs. Like like we always see, that's that's all that seems to happen is more variations on a style, more honing down of that style, and I think within that, maybe going slightly what I've I've gone just said in in, in the preamble there, I, I think we will begin to see English IPA becoming a style. We, we've begun to see that a little bit already. I think we we featured one last month, which I think Rob, you sent to Mark, didn't you? you sent the attic. English IPA, which yeah. you, you sent me a couple of those over Christmas as well. And this is, again, it's a, it's an English IPA brewed with fully English, it, it, 
English ingredients, like yeah, the, the like the new new wave of English hops, the ones that are like the American hops that have been growing yeah. in England with their uh, not quite as good climate. Yeah, um, so I think we're going to see that. I, I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see more collaborations than than ever before, as breweries maybe begin to look to find ways to save money and to 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 you know by working together then you're only using one set of energy costs yeah. rather, rather than using and also the, the uh, potential to break into new markets as well absolutely yeah. yeah um and and i think we're gonna see um again something we've spoken about on uh the, the recent shows that we've done is um this this growing of um breweries expanding their tap rooms into locations that aren't their home location so so we've seen north opened up in birmingham and in in, in manchester i think i think we're going to see uh, a, a little bit more of, of that this year so that's that, that's kind of my pitch i i guess uh mark what what are you thinking is is going to happen in 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 this coming year or or do you two want to pull apart my suggestions first before we, we we go around the table well i think i think my my thoughts are similar but slightly differed so maybe they pull them apart at the same time i think um there's some sort of truth in that english ipa kind of style because i i would say esps as well we'll see more of but in terms of people's hands being in previous years obviously we would talk about what's going to be the next thing people have got bored of brewing new england ipa so they're going to do this this kind of style they're going to do that they, you know that's why lagers are going to be big that's why whip beers are going to be big this is what whereas obviously this year it's more about people's hands being forced so people may be going to disingenuously say we're going to brew an English IPA because that's what we've always wanted to brew rather than the fact that it's a limitation on ingredients and how true to style that's going to be. I'm not really bothered about being true to style. That attic beer was well outside the boundaries of what an English IPA should be, but it was still enjoyable, and and I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, And therefore, I think we'll see... It would have been great in years gone by to have seen ESBs make a bit of a, a bit, bit of progress, but it hasn't really happened. Whereas I think this year it's an easy cop out, isn't it? It's an easy cop out to do some ESBs because that's what we're limited to. I don't know why I'm being so negative about it because I would love to see both of those things, so that's <laughs> absolutely fine. But I think yeah. we will. Um, it's just what I. As we know, and it's been a terrible season for certain hops, and the we we don't know the repercussions of some of the harvest yet, and the just how many of the hops that some brewers are so used to seeing will be limited not by import, export, Brexit, whatever you want to say, but literally by the fact that the climate change has damaged the harvest so much and if you're if you brew a style of beer that relies on a certain hop that you make fucking barrels of you might not be able to see that um the amount of hops that you need to make that so that's going to make a massive 
massive difference. Well, I think. Um, what was I, your last point, just, Steve? Can, can of, I just uh, jump in on that one? Yeah, Mark, of course, Because didn't we? We were seeing predictions from hot merchants probably as early as September last year, saying there are not going to be as as great a hop yields as as was expected for next year's for next year's crop so brewers are going to have to find alternative hops and new hops and and things that they haven't used before to to give the flavors that they're used to giving so unless you're a big brewer that's signed into you you know a massive rolling contract you you know because you can't you can't ever picture the likes of oakham not being able to brew citra if they can't get hold of the citra hop um you know it's their best selling beer and it's it's what essentially keeps the lights on i would have thought the amount that they they churn out of that but i, I think you're, you're right there in terms of the, the the temperatures certainly that we saw just across europe um last year are going to have affected the hop harvest well i know that um sars for example is down a massive amount i think i, I heard something like 30 40 percent and so, some of the beers that use that we we've all heard of and are used to seeing on supermarket shelves across europe across the world so if sars is so far down the impact on really popular beer brands is going to be huge but obviously they'll also have first dibs on it so the way that filters down to the smaller breweries is going to be absolutely enormous um i don't think we know the impact of that yet but is and you know exactly like you say you know oakham will have a Massive contract for Citra. Yarl obviously is a Citra hop ghost ship and things like that. They they might have huge contracts. They might not be able to be fulfilled. And then how that filters down to other breweries like North Riding do a great Citra pale ale. That they might be one of the first to just go. Well, no more Citra this year. Yep. You know, because um, you've got to well, imagine the smaller the brewery, the further you are down that pecking order. Absolutely. In, in Absolutely. terms of, well, well, we'll service these these big boys first, and and then whatever's left, we'll filter down. Yeah, and, and uh, my second point is about I think brewery breweries taking over tap rooms, opening tap rooms, that kind of thing. Um, something that we've just seen in Manchester recently, Runaway Brewery. I'm not going to pretend that I know all, all the ins and outs. I'm just looking from an outsider the way that I perceive this. Runaway, who were in the dead centre of Manchester, have just moved to Stockport just on the outskirts and they're opening a, a nice tap area there to go with it. I can't say that's because of costs, but I'm pretty sure that it will be because of costs and it will be much easier for them to run a lovely tap space from there cost-wise than it was from the centre of Manchester. I think that is a smart business move. We'll see breweries trying that more. Breweries that can potentially pitch the risk or have the capital opening any kind of pub, any kind of bar, anywhere, whether they're in on the outskirts of a major city or dead in the centre. But I, I, th- I think people... Attempting tap rooms, tap spaces, pop-ups, whatever they can, as an aside to the brewery. I mean, it's a great way of obviously doing extra business, so why wouldn't you? But I think it's becoming a necessity for a lot of breweries, and I think we'll see that happening more often. Um, do, you, do you think we're we gonna? Were. Do you think we're gonna see breweries coming together 
to open tap spaces. So, so you may have a tap room that's like got two or three breweries that actually have uh, have gone in and are splitting the costs on running it. For example, you got a few years ago, you had the place open in Hackney, didn't you? That was um, what's that? Verdance and Pressure Drop. Was oh yeah, yeah. So you yeah, could, yeah I'd you, forgotten you, about you, that. that. That was a strange the, venture, the, wasn't the it? The experiment it was called, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I haven't heard about that for a while. How did the experiment go? Oh, right, <laughs> right, right. Did it? All <laughs> yeah. right, okay then. Fair enough. But no, oh. I'm just, I'm just wondering. You know, if, if if you've got breweries that that uh, maybe you've got a brewery that wants to open a first tap space, and you you've got another brewery that's also looking to expand, then then why not go in together on 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 something? I, 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 you could argue that oh. oh, you could set up a tap space and you could have guest taps. But I'm I'm talking like literally, let's let's go into partnership for this and let's open it up as a dual branded site, um, which will bring in potentially twice the twice the custom because you've got customers coming to visit that are fans of both breweries that are, are running it i mean i've thought mm-hmm. for a while this might be an absolute pipe dream but i think it'd be interesting there's so many brilliant experienced publicans in this country that are no longer in the business if you went in 50 50 on a free house so you know when pubs are shut in with 50% thrown in from the brewery, 50% from the publican side and created these kind of spaces. Would that be something that'd be more interesting going forward rather than tied pub co lines and things like that? I've thought about that for a number, a number of years. I don't know if it's, I don't, that's not a prediction for the year, but I certainly think it's something that could work more in this country um, with the amount of brilliant breweries that we've got. And I wish that we saw more of that. Obviously, it's a risk to people, but I think it could really work. So, yeah, th- there's potential for more mixed things, potentials for more things like the experiment. I actually had, for, I've been to the experiment, the pressure drop and verdant place. And, you know, if you like that kind of thing, I suppose that it worked, but obviously maybe not. But I, I, I think, I think joint ventures, yeah, that, that should be a thing, even if it doesn't happen. So it, it, it might not be a prediction. But it should be something that should happen. Yeah, I, I, I like your um, idea about more um, just collaborations between breweries and then a proper tied pub. I'd like to say that. That'd be good. Absolutely. There's so many good publicans out of work in this country because obviously they don't want to get, they can't afford free houses or whatever at the minute, yeah. but they don't want to get involved in pub calls. And if we can get a good pub that also serves reliably good beer, that's... I we think need- at the moment this in this economy, that's just wonderful, isn't it? If you can just find a great, great pub that you can just rely on, and you can think right, maybe I'm not having as many days out, or I'm not going on big trips, but at least you can pop to this great pub, great atmosphere. And you know what? People just like pubs. <laughs> they do just like pubs. And there's so many pub- like pubs. There's so many pub goers that we just that is literally what they're looking for. And it's not it's what they can't find because how many people does it have to be said don't go to the local and I'm one of them. Yeah. I mean because the, the I'm not spending my money on shite. Yeah, well that's me. Like where where I live, like the my favorite pub, the fountain that I talked about earlier. That's ten minutes away. That's in Warsaw Town Centre. And for me that's a I've either got to drive there or get a bus, which is which is a shame. But well, it's better for my wallet to be fair. Because if I was 
living next to that, I uh, I'd spend all my money. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah uh, let, let, so anyway, that um, I'll let you guys talk a bit. I'll talk about my uh, predictions a bit. Please do. Yeah. So first of all, like we've heard recently, just to be slightly negative, just for a second again about um, so Wild Bear have gone into administration. I don't know if there's been a an amazing save the day moment. I don't think there has, but they just had within the last few years, they had a huge crowdfunding thing, which uh, was obviously not helped in the end. But I think this year, even though we have seen perhaps some bad experiences with crowdfunders, I think we're still going to see more crowdfunding, especially as there's going to be more breweries that are looking to, open up new ventures as as we have just previously mentioned so attic broco actually in birmingham who we've mentioned a little bit already today and on previous shows they've just ran um crowdfunding to open a, a barrel store in the the jewelry quarter area of birmingham so just just off the it's like the city center but just a 10 minute walk away from bang in the middle and they absolutely smashed their target and did an extended target so they're going to have a barrel program there and, and a nice little bar. And I, that did amazingly well. I, I meant to just put a few quid into it, mainly because I just wanted a, a corduroy baseball cap, to be honest. But I wasn't paying attention. Next thing I know, they'd smash the target and then smash the extended target. So it is interesting to see that although perhaps a lot of people haven't got quite as much money, but they do want to support these businesses and I think Attic are, are a business that have they've certainly spread around the country a, a, a bit more it is cool to see people having them but they're very much community based and they have a load of community events on just in their local area of Bourneville, Sturtley so I think that sort of thing is going a long way towards people wanting to support them but again yeah I think there's going to be more community focus in, in this year well, can um, I can I just jump in on the attic thing there? Sure, do, yeah. Do, do, do you think that that it's it's smashed those targets be, because they're so well thought of locally, and and that local people want to support them and they want to see them do well, and they've maybe been to their tap room and they've experienced and they thought this is lovely. I'd like to see some more of this. Do, do you think that's why they've done so well? Is because they've got that really loyal local following. I certainly believe so because it's interesting. Actually, there was a there's a tweet today uh, that was a journal request just asking for breweries that are doing really community focused things, and I straight away tweeted um, recommending Attic because they have all kinds of like um, fairs for local businesses and crafts and like craft events, comedy, uh, bands on, and just lo- lo- it's all very community based, and I, I think we are going to see a lot more places just really focusing on building that local community. Cause then you'll see through the crowdfunding and I, I can't, I can't tell you, this is just my speculation, but I would say they've done so well because of that, because people really like them and they are so highly thought of in the local area. I, th- I, th- like- I think, I think there's a good point there in terms of people crowdfunding works its best when people see the benefits as in physically and reap the benefits personally. Yeah. And 
when you go for somebody like Attic, if you're in that local community, you're basically saying, I want this to exist so that I can go there and I can experience it. Therefore, I will benefit from it. And I can't wait for that to happen. I'm not criticizing anyone that got involved in the wild thing, but what wild were pitching, I don't understand what anyone was benefiting from, from them doing something in Somerset miles away from the people that were actually, as, as, as I see on social media, were actually investing in it. It's just like, why, yeah. why would you do that? Whereas if a brewery local to me were just like, we're going to open this amazing space near you, would you be happy to chuck in a tenner to see it happen? I'd be like, absolutely, I'll do that. Because yeah. I, I will. the benefit for me will be fantastic. So local community crowdfunders will always work, I think, still. And I'd love to see more of them. And I hope that people aren't put off because of things that happened in at like Wild. But when I look, it's easy in hindsight, of course, and I'm not criticizing, as I say, anybody that got involved in the wild thing. But I look at it now and think, what what was the benefit there to you personally? I don't know why you would do it, but getting involved in local community projects, absolutely, crowdfunder. That's how crowdfunder should work. Something yeah. that you see the benefit yeah. of, though, so, not mm-hmm. just you get a ten pound, ten percent dis- discount on their online store or something. It should be something tangible that you actually get the benefit from. Yeah. Um- yeah, completely agree with you there, Mark. And I'd say my my other prediction for the year would be that I reckon that people are going to uh, get get into a um, best bitter in a big way. We've done lager. People kept promising lager. Then people kept going on about mild because mild had just been invented by boxcar or some bollocks. Now it is the turn of best bitter. But I'm I'm going to be loudly campaigning. If if anyone tries to say that they've reinvented best bitter, they are dead to me. And you're all just going to realise that Bavum's best bitter is wonderful. You're all going to make. You're all going to be tweeting me, asking for advice on pilgrimages to Dudley with me and Johnny Beer Boy. And we're all going to have a really nice time drinking three pound pints of the best beer in the world. And that's what's going to happen in 2023. Who's who's going to be the brewery then, Rob? Who's going to be the brewery that claims that they have reinvented or saved or bought back best bitter? I'd pr- probably be Cloudwater, won't it? I don't know. Some, 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 someone, some, someone, someone in Manchester. They've already done it, so it'll have to be yeah. somebody new. Yeah, someone new in Manchester. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> It'll definitely be from Manchester. The, the, it will the, be. The, yeah. the centre of the country. It's like, oh, we're, we're, we're in Manchester. From Manchester. Yeah, definitely. I mean, oh, I mean, I'm only from the Manchester area. So I'm not really qualified to speak yeah. about the Manchester area. It's just if you gonna... ask any of the people that have moved to the area what they fucking think. Oh, uh... mate, I've just been drinking loads of Holt's Best Bitter all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get enough of the stuff, man. What well, I don't know what that accent was then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, Ma- Manchester, I do really like you, and I apologise for all this, especially when I... I I became um, Perry when Perry returns from Manchester to speak to Kevin. Because you know what? There's two kinds of people. There's us and there's wankers. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, fuck you. Know. Has oh. this dead town been while I've been away? <laughs> I wish I was qualified to talk about Manchester, but I've not lived here long enough. Oh, you, I, th- I thought you were from the Northwest, mate. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that doesn't give me any qualifications whatsoever. I think it all, it all, it all started. I thought they gave you all the qualifications um, if you were from the Northwest. Uh, Mark, it all started again after 2020, didn't it? When, when London started moving to Manchester. Just reset. Oh. All of fucking London moved to Manchester. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Some... Swanning around the northwest with her fancy ways. <laughs> There's some interesting uh, predictions and thoughts from ourselves there. We would obviously love to hear your thoughts uh, as our listeners in, in terms of what you think is going to be happening this year. Use the hashtag belonging uh, and you can get involved. Or you can still use the speak pipe voicemail. Yes, we're still banging that drum to see if anybody will leave us a fucking message. Uh, there's, a link, there's a link in the show notes. Be <laughs> that person. We dare you to be that person that leaves <laughs> us a message uh, so that we can feature you in re-reverberations next month. Now, this is where we would normally uh, have a guest, but we don't have one this month because yeah. it's been Christmas. People have been busy and it's been very difficult to coordinate uh, diaries to ensure there's a guest. But we will be back to normal for, from next month. We'll have some new guests for you uh, in this coming year. However, this does give us a great opportunity to plug our Patreon feed because uh, we've now launched patreon um you can subscribe for just one pound a, a month that's one of your english pounds every Money grabbing month. bastards <laughs> uh and we've purposely kept that low uh but the reason why we've kept it low is because the content that we're putting on patreon we don't want it to be publicly available because it's not polished content so what we're going to be putting up there is all of the full-length interviews that we have with our guests so what you normally hear on a show is somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes of us chatting with our guests we have much more content than that we have us chatting shit with them we have us chatting shit to each other we have us messing up on certain segues <laughs> there's chat about rugby shirts we talk about bake-off there's all sorts going on in in these feeds and um, we think it gives you a little bit of an insight into what goes on behind the scenes rather than the polished product that you normally hear and we don't want that publicly available so we've put it behind a paywall it's there for you our listeners to listen to and what we'll commit to is putting up one new interview every month that will go out maybe a week after the show It'll be the longer version of the interview that that you'll be able to listen to. Uh, And what we will commit to uh, at this stage is there will never be any normal episodes of what we do behind the paywall. Uh, What we do will remain free for you, our listeners, to listen to however you want to listen to it. It's just things that maybe we don't want in the public domain, uh, the unpolished stuff that will go up on on the Patreon account. So at the moment, we've launched it with the first three interviews that we've did, so you can listen to to us chatting to Ruth, David and Sophie. Um, We're contemplating, um, I think we've mentioned this before. uh, We're going to put the Christmas show because you edited more singing, which was a shame. Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put re-edits of the shows up as as well. Just the interviews. However, there, I tried there are, for you. I tried stop, for your listeners. Stop with the singing. Stop. Stop with the singing. I. Um, no, actually, uh, there is some singing in the in the episode with Sophie uh, that I cut out. Uh, where you were singing um, something to the tune of "We Built This City on Rock and Roll." 
um, <laughs> that that's in the the, the Sophie interview. Um, we did uh, before we released episode one of Beer Longing, we did the three of us we did two rehearsal shows as well and we recorded those uh we all need to listen back to them first before we decide <laughs> whether they'll appear on patreon but yeah. if, if we do I, decide to put them out that's yeah. where they'll be there was some yeah. gold yeah at the time we thought they were brilliant but then we uh started behaving ourselves a bit more so yeah if you uh would like to just hear a little bit more of the madness there's going to be some laughs. There's going to be there's going to be some deeper dives into subjects. Uh, feel free to chuck us a quid a month. We'd be very grateful, and it'll just go towards just our hosting costs and that sort of thing. Absolutely. No, we, have, we have said yeah. that if 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 it does go up and up, then we'll start doing some extra content, some little funny get-togethers where we just chat shit, and maybe you can listen or join in. Um, but. As, as Steve says, never the main show. That will always be free to everybody. So, yeah. And absolutely. And thanks to everybody that's already subscribed. We, we do appreciate it. There'll be a link in the show notes if you haven't subscribed yet. And that sort of content's for you. And if, if you do listen on a podcast catcher, there is a uh, unique RSS feed that you get when you sign up, which will allow you to download the episodes into your podcast catcher. Oh, that's um, good. As, as a subscriber. Uh, but you can't do that on Spotify because okay. Spotify uh, doesn't work on RSS feeds. Oh, that's that's interesting. A couple of people did ask me about that, and I didn't know the answer. So yeah, so that's so that, that so that's the answer. But yeah, link in the show notes. Uh, if you want to support us, we'd really appreciate that. And as we say, never the main content will will, will appear on 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 that feed. And with that, let's get into the last beer for this show. So, uh, Mark, what, what what have you got? Uh, what 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 are you found? What delight have you found in the back of your cellar for this month? Well, so I mean, it, it says a lot about how ridiculously quickly the last few years feel like they've gone as I was, because I've had a bit of a, a dodgy stomach the last couple of days. I didn't want to go too far back just in case it was anything wrong. So I went into my box, which is things that I feel like I've been recently aging, picked this beer out and straight away just went, do you know what? I bet that's three years now, and it is. And it was a beer that I absolutely loved so much three years ago that I think I might have given it my beer of the year in 2020. But at the same time, it feels like it was only yesterday that I had it. And it's Cloudwater's Modern Barley Wine. Ooh, nice. Um, 2020 version, which I remember was just sit and stare, shoulder poppingly, absolutely beautiful, fresh. Um, and I only meant to age this for a year or so, but time's gone very quickly. So this segment for me was always about clearing things further at the back of the shelf, but three years is still an awful long time. And it's one of those beers that maybe it might have reached its peak by now. So three years feels about the right time. I can tell you, I've not even tasted it yet, but it smells just as I remember it. It smells like it's fresh. It's really orangey and peachy. It's just incredible. So I'm just going to have a quick sip of it, guys. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's actually like I remember it from three years ago. Oh, my. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's really marmalade-y. Um, 
it's not quite as bitter as I remember. That's maybe the thing that's lost, which you would expect. But it's not really. Um, it was ne- it, it, you could tell there was it was never heavily heavily malty. It's not really biscuity like some barley wines. It's just really just orange marmalade, really peachy. It's quite a, a perfumey type thing to it, but in a pleasant way. God, it's absolutely freaking phenomenal. I'm so glad that I kept one of these back for three years. It's incredible. What a beer. I've done well. Sorry. And and, and, and us and the listeners are getting to enjoy your reaction to it as well, yeah. which is yeah. added bone. I mean, that's the sort of shit that needs to be on Patreon. Oh, that's that's the stuff we need Jesus. to make people pay for. <laughs> well, uh, you've, you've just edited an hour out of me just <laughs> screaming into the microphone <laughs> how good it is. So you can actually get that on the Patreon. <laughs> just <laughs> an hour of me screaming, oh, my God. Anyway, Rob, what have you gone for this month? Well, I've I've accidentally depleted my stock of beers that I'd been avoiding. So it's actually a pretty fresh beer that I've got now, and it is a present from my my sister and brother-in-law, and it's a can of Burning Skies Arise Pale Ale, which, you know what, Burning Sky beers are just also good, but I don't drink them that often because most of the time I'm drinking is when I'm out. And I'm not seeing a lot of those, lot of those beers around where I am, but oh man, it's 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 just really good. It's one of those it, beers that's an absolute delight when you find it on cask. Oh, oh my god, that exists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I have not tried it cask. Wow. Okay. I, th- I, f- I feel like I might have seen it. Might have been on cask last time I was in the Southampton Arms, but I might be wrong. But I've definitely seen it on cask. Um, do you know what? Burning Sky, re- regardless of what every, the, the fact that whenever they mention to me, you will, you will only hear superlatives out of me. I think if you put me on the spot, just in the street, not that anybody ever does stop me in the street and ask me what my favourite brewery is, but I don't, I think I would forget about them every time, even though they absolutely should be in the top five every time. Totally that's probably, agree. That's probably yeah. why they're so good, though, isn't it? They're understated. They, they are. They're the new kernel in that. They're yeah, just, you yeah. just forget that they're that good, and then don't buy enough of them, and then buy the beers and like, why don't I buy more of them? And then never do ever again. Yeah, you know what? I am thinking to myself now: why, why do I not just have a stash of their their different mm. beers? Because obviously, this is just their like their standard pale ale. But then they are brewing so many beers that are much more suitable for keep keeping around for a while as well. So yeah, I think, they're, I think they're, they're they're mixed firm wild stuff. Yeah, I think I think else, I'm, isn't it? I think I'm gonna have to invest in some of that and then save that for um a future episode of this show. Yeah, yeah, because they, I kind of had my collection of older beers. But when I used to run a bottle share, I kind of got through all of them. And then I just, well, I don't know, everything went wrong. And I just, uh, I, I buy beer to drink rather than uh, to keep. So it'd be nice to start just building up a little collection again now. I'm seeing a lot of people who are having quite a lot of fun just going through their stuff. Like the um, friend of the show, Miles Lambert, he's been uh, going through his collection over Christmas just to show people. I don't think he's even drinking the stuff, but there's crazy beers in there. 
so, so so much fun had drinking beers from the back of your cellar that sometimes you just have to take your shirt off and enjoy it in your kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yep, nobody yeah. asked that, Steve. The, yeah. <laughs> Beer is always enjoyed better topless. Yeah. So and whilst cooking a roast. Absolutely. Anyway, Absolutely. Steve, since you've taken your shirt off, what what have you got? <laughs> Uh, I'm continuing a bit of a theme from, from, from previous shows. So I've got a can from the Cheshire Brew House, and Ooh. this is uh, the very last beer that, that Shane put out. This is Elephant's Breath. It's a 1905 Edwardian ESB um, that was exceptionally limited in numbers, and, and I think he only sent it to, to, to people he knew. Um, so uh, he sent uh, me a can, and then he realised he had a few cans left, and he sent his brother uh, a few more cans. Now, you're wondering where the connection is there. His brother lives in Colchester and is a regular uh, at the Vic. Wow. And um, he said to me, oh, Shane sent me down a few more cans of this. Would you like some? And I was like, oh, absolutely. Because the first can I had of it, which was fairly fresh, was delicious. This is about... Uh, so this was canned in May uh, last year. So it's, what, seven months old? Um, and it's absolutely stunning it's uh it's kind of sweet and boozy at the same time it's a little bit oaky uh it's got that kind of vanilla oakiness to it even though i don't think it's been anywhere near barrels uh there's much like you were saying mark with your barley wine there's some of that peachy orangey pittiness going on a little bit of marmalade in it it's just absolutely delicious this is this is so it's so nice it makes me so sad that shane decided to stop brewing I think, I, I mean, obviously, I saw people receiving cans of that, and I thought it was a big, dark imperial stout for some reason, so I, I had no idea. No, it's uh, a 6.4% ESB. Right, yeah. And it's it's actually quite, uh, it's, it's lighter than I would normally expect from an ESB. It's more of the kind of orangey, marmalade colour rather than so, the, the yeah. sort of dark Almost the same colour as the beer I'm drinking. Yeah. So. yeah, I think it's I think maybe if the ABV had been been higher, he might have been tempted to have called it a barley wine. But as as it is, it's it's absolutely delicious. And um I'm sad to be drinking this, but I'm happy at the same time because uh it's one of those where you think it like like you said with the Gibraltar Porter, you think you got it just at the right time. Yeah. And I think another couple of months and this might have gone too far. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad I got it when I did. Uh, it's made to be drunk, isn't it, that bit? Abs- absolutely. Yeah. So and I'm glad to be enjoying it and um sharing it with our listeners as as well, so they can hear what I think of it. So while I'm enjoying this and while you guys are enjoying your final beers, let's get on to the last part of the show. It's the end of this belonging show, my friend. And this month Again, because we are an absolute cliche, we're going to talk about what are we doing in January in terms of our drinking. Now, obviously, we hear people taking certain approaches at this time of year to to what they drink and and, and how they drink and the way they do things. And we thought it would be interesting to share maybe the way that we each approach things as as well. So I'm going to come to you first, Rob, on on, on this one. Uh, I think. My approach this year is I'm definitely going to have a month where I perhaps try and just look after my health a little bit more because over Christmas it did get to the stage where I was just 
crying out for vegetables because I was just eating studge and beige and that. So there's definitely going to be that. So there's not going to be a big intake of beer. But you know what? On the, um, what's the date today? The 4th. So on the 2nd of January, since all the places that I wanted to go on the 1st of January decided to be closed, I uh, I had another little trip. I, I, I got in touch with my mate just on the off chance that he'd, he'd be available. And he was very up for just a visit to um, the aforementioned The Fountain in Warsaw. We went there. We just had two points. And it was lovely. And I thought, you know what? I love this pub. And I have I, I probably used it maybe like a maximum of four or five times last year. So I just want to make it a normal thing that when I fancy a couple of points, I'm just going to head on down to there. And you know what? I'm just sick of Mark Johnson just acting like he's better than us because he has a regular pub. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if, I, I can completely understand why Mark is in this, the Stanley Bridge Buffet Bar every day because it's a oh, wonderful place. You, you've done us both there with your comment, Rob. Um, so, <laughs> uh, let's, let's let's go to let's let's go to Mark. Let's segue into to, to Mark there in terms of um, what what's what, what's your thoughts on 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 January, your January, how you approach it. Well, it's hard to think of my original plan when I'm drinking this barley wine because my original plan, as I do at the start of most Januarys, is to have not a dry January, not a full month off, but as long as I can take off before I'm just like, right, I'm ready for a beer now because I always want a break. I always need a break. And I think Christmas pretty much makes that a thing the re- the reason January is the op- opportune time to have a break is because you drink so much <laughs> over that period anyway, and when you're a, a a beer drinker, if if that's the best term to use, you already drink reasonably frequently. So then, when that's hammered on top of all the books, fizz and red wine and mulled wine and cocktails and stuff over the Christmas period. And gin and tonics that I had, I was I always enter January just like I'm just ready. I'm just ready for a break. And I was. And going into tonight's podcast, I was even thinking, because we're recording this on the fourth of January. I, I, you know, our listeners will hear it next next week. And even tonight I was thinking, I I'm already in break mode. I I I don't want I don't I don't want to be um now that I'm sat here having this cloud water barley wine, it's difficult to ever think about not drinking <laughs> beer. No, no, you want to drink again. all the beer. Yeah. <laughs> but my, you know, my, my big point it, going into this is it's important for a reset. I always love it as well because when I do go back to drinking, like every every flavor is enhanced when you you've had a break and then you go back into it. And it's just like oh that's what sabro tastes like and that's what citra tastes like and that's what hbc 69 tastes like you can taste freaking everything it's so worth it and i think it's so viable this month it's annoyed me a little bit more than usual because already i'm really on day four i feel like people have been really guilt-tripped into thinking that if they stop drinking then the entire beer industry is going to 
fucking collapse around them. And I don't think that anybody should be made to feel like that because if you want, if you need to, well, if you need to take a break from alcohol, then that is your personal story. That is your personal journey. And you shouldn't feel, you shouldn't feel in any way that you're being guilt tripped into that. And even if you just want to, even if you just fancy it, then don't for any second read any of this absolute bullshit into the people that are talking about do, do, people that are doing drugs. Pubs need you more than any anything. Hospitality industry is on its ass. Breweries are closing left, right, and center. If you stop going into pubs now, then everybody's gonna close and shut, and it'll be your freaking fault because that's what it feels like to me when I'm on social media at the minute. And it's it's absolutely not. The, and this is how people develop problems. Yeah, and if you you're if you're not in a stable enough place, some people are, some people are, and I've talked about this before, that just because you've got yourself and your shit together, that's fine, but other people haven't, and don't talk to people like that because people people might need to sort themselves out in this time. I know that I do, mm-hmm. and it's a good it's a good time to have a break. And I'm not saying that I, I don't know, but you, you, by the time you might have heard, you might you might be listening to this on the 10th of January and thinking, I'm looking at a picture of Mark in the pub. I might have already gone back to the pub. I don't know, but I'm I'm planning to have a break because I could do with a break, and it does me mentally good, it does me physically good, and that's what it's people's individual choice and the beer industry isn't going to collapse around because of me it's going to collapse around because of this government's decisions on the way that um it helps um energy crisis all the all the things i don't need to go into it it's not that it's not that kind of podcast but you know what it is oh it oh oh yeah uh, yeah us punters we're not that powerful are we so yeah People just do what feels right for you. Look after yourselves. If that means that you just will feel better if you have a couple of beers, you do that. If you need to have a bit of a break, excellent. Look after yourselves, and we'll all be here for a while, hopefully. I think ultimately, it's, it's you do you, don't you? You you, you know yeah. what's good for you. You know what's good for your own body, your own mind, your own system, and what what whatever works for you. I think there's there's there is always such a push towards January as it's a new start. And, you know, obviously because it's, it's the start of a new year, but I I, I think you need to approach it in, in the way that you approach your, your drinking as, as, as a whole. I mean, from, from well, my Rob, point, Rob said, Rob said it in a much nicer way than I possibly ever could. But the thing is as well, that I mean, it's, it's a budget thing to people as well. It's a monetary thing. People go into Christmas, spend a lot of money, and in yeah. January, need to budget to come out of it, and that—that's yeah. the thing. People haven't budgeted for spending more money in pubs in January. That's the—that's the major flaw in the try January kind of thing. It's just like, right, okay, I, I, my, my for people that have got large families or children and things like that, you, you a, a large so, part of your annual budget goes into christmas and it's like i'll recuperate that in january and it's like i now don't have that money to come out of christmas and spend it in freaking pubs as much as as much as i would love to as much as i would love to plow all my money into going to pubs with friends because that's what i enjoy doing that's just not how the world works 
So look, it's so ridiculous to think that people are destroying the industry because that's not how things work. Sorry, Rob. No, I was just going to say, you know what? A lot of people really love Christmas, and why shouldn't they go all out and enjoy that? And then if that means to just really just mute the spending for a month or two, that's that's you do you. <laughs> and you've got to bear in mind as well that as most people will not be getting paid until towards the end of January. And, yeah. and, and they've had all the Christmas expense in December. So it, it's not going to be, if, if, if you budget your money normally anyway, you wouldn't start thinking about nights out until the, the, the next cycle of your, of, of your money coming in. So that's not until the end of the month anyway. So it's, it's not like, it's, it's not like we're trying to destroy the industry by by not going to pubs it's that it's that you've, you've got to understand people's individual circumstances and i get why mark's so passionate about this because yeah you you do look you, you scroll through twitter or instagram or facebook your, your whatever your preferred social media of choice is and and you see all of these posts saying oh pubs need you and bars need you and all the rest of this and, and i'm like yeah my family needs yeah. me as, mm-hmm. as as well i need to be able to put that money on the table to pay the bills to pay the pay the gas and electric so i can heat the home and keep us all warm as much as i'd love to to continue to support the industry that I love, sometimes you have to balance things out. Absolutely. And I'd, I'd just like to make one more point as well. I mean, there'll, there'll be some people who perhaps they'll de- make the decision to perhaps stay away from the pub for a month or cut down on their drinking. But there'll be people who that'll be really hard because a lot of people, perhaps the pub for them is a lot of the human contact that they use used to so i think i I think let's uh take this opportunity to just just uh think a little bit about our mates and just keep in touch and if they seem all right there's still no harm in just uh checking in on each other if you don't hear from someone drop them a message let's uh let's uh start off 2023 with kindness checking in on your mates isn't just for christmas make sure you carry it on all year round yeah 100%. But how, however, as, as much as I say, uh, you know, say all these things, I've still, I, I, I'm going to place a couple of online orders with um, bottle shops and breweries in anticipation for when I'm ready for drinking. So I will be spending money in the industry. Um, I'm me and my partner are going to go out for meal pub meals when we can. So pubs that are serving food, we'll spend money in there, even if we have glasses of Coke and stuff. So we'll, we'll be out and about. There are ways you can support pubs, even if you're not drinking in January. So um, don't think that, don't feel that you need to, but there are ways that we can all support them at the same time even if you're having a, having a dry period. Absolutely. That, that, that's the key thing, isn't it? Is, is that make sure you find a way to continue to support the, the, the places that you love. Um, be, because, you, you know, otherwise, otherwise they may not be there the next time you want to go there. Um, yeah, pubs are about community, not just beer. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I mean, how many pubs are we seeing at the moment that uh, are opening themselves up as kind of these warm spaces for yeah. people to come to that can't afford to heat their, their their own homes? You know, the pubs are going to be open. They're going to have their heating and lighting on. So, so why not go and sit in a pub? You, 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 you know, you yeah. don't again, you don't necessarily have to drink the alcohol if the pub's serving coffee, soft drinks, no alcohol drinks you, you know you can you can drink other things while you're in there and continue to support them while using you know you know the hospitality that they're offering well, i think we've just about put the world to rights there or, or at least <laughs> january so so, so, yeah. so so folks just continue to support how and where you can don't feel pressured by anybody telling you that you should or shouldn't be doing something you do you and we'll see you all in february and we'll still be here hopefully drinking really good beer in really good places that's all we can hope for isn't it that brings us a very nicely to the end of this episode a little bit different again again this month because that's how we couldn't we can feature a guest but that we will return but that does bring us to the end of this episode you can follow me on twitter at beer o'clock show for all the latest updates on the show and what i'm up to yeah um if you really want to just come with me to the fountain for a point you can find me at rob underscore edwards 90 on twitter or instagram drop me a message and i am mark n johnson on twitter and we'll probably be ranting more about january at beercompagation.co.uk and remember you can use the hashtag belonging or check in on the show notes for a link to our speakpipe voicemail to get involved in future shows Thanks for joining us for another episode of Be Along In. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we look forward to hearing your thoughts on the things we've been chatting about. Cheers. 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 going to do the whole from the shelves spiel is that no we've done from the shelves mate. That, that, that was, that was from the one. shelves have we done the spiel are, are we going to go into like reverberations now uh no we do the beer first then reverberations yeah really? we, we need to do the from the shelves spiel don't we no we've done mate we've that, done from the, the shelves first, the first one was from the shelves the first beer well, was from the shelves well, yeah what's the beer we're doing now then this just, is just the, the second just, beer just just a beer, yeah. This is just no, the no, random no. beer that you want to drink this month. I thought the first beer was the beer that we sent yeah. each other. Yeah, which, that's, which that's, is what Steve called from, from the, the shelves. Yeah. From what, the what, shelf. what do we call this bit then? This is just the second, second beer. beer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we've done this before. <laughs> well, to be honest, now I think about it, those things don't make sense. This, you, you know what? Now you say it, those things don't make sense. Because the second beer is from our shelves, so it's from the shelves. Yeah, but so is the third beer. The third beer is from the back of the cupboard. No, that's so, from the cellar. Whereas the first oh, beer is the beer that we send each other.